What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles welcoming you to another edition of Lyles Movie Files. Joining me, as always, is little brother Jace. Bro Shot, how are you? Doing good. And these aren't real height dispersed, I mean, you know, discrepancies. I'm a little taller than him. It's you know. true life, Ashley. The screen <laughs> is to scale. True scale lies. <laughs> uh, we don't know if Chief is coming on. We never really know. It's just a. He'll pop up. We'll put him on. But how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing good. Looking at all the news now that the strike is over. Now we're seeing all this content that everybody's like, oh, this is what we've been trying to show you for like five months. Like, so it's, yeah. Well, that's been fun. Very good. All right. Let's see who else is here hanging out with us tonight. Ryan Daly. We finally got a casting announcement for my favorite Marvel hero, Mr. Fantastic. I'm at the point where I don't really care. James Green, what's good, movie crew? What's going on? Snake Eyes and Afton Childer in the business. Hello, everyone. Come on, guys. Balloons coming. I don't know how that happened. What did you Can I do something again? Apparently. 80s kid from the 90s. What is up, guys? What's up, man? What's going on? Blake, let's go. Hey, Jeff, Jason. That's it, I guess. <laughs> We never know. I mean, we never know. He literally, any one of the guys could pop up and be like, bam. <laughs> Jalen Parks, what's on, up, Jaylen. folks? Mm. 80s kids, I don't care what anyone says, but the Marvels was awesome. All right, you cued us up. Why don't we just I know, it it really did. Right <laughs> now. Jace has the magical gestures. Oh, okay. Jace, you saw it. I told you to go see it so we could talk about it. Yep. This week, you did so. I did. Again, um, let's see here. Has everyone in the chat seen the Marvels or not care if we go all into it? Because I think, based on the box office, maybe there's a lot of people who just don't care about it. Uh, but I wanted to to be fair to all of y'all who are here hanging out with us. So yeah. just going to put that out before. Before we really go into it, before we go into spoilers, what was your overall thought? Overall, I liked it. I, I it was one of, once again one of those movies. I look at them like if you looked at the reviews, oh, you think it's X, Y, and Z. It's like this is a fun movie. It's it reminded me very much of like a classic comic three issue classic comic book crossover. It's like cool. Like it wasn't like oh it's like connects to twenty different things. It's so deep. It's like it's just a fun movie. You you can jump in and jump out, go about your life, and it's and you'll enjoy yourself. That's that's my honest take on it. What was your favorite part of the movie, if you can say without spoiling? My favorite is 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 really just a big overall. I did like the um, I I like the cohesiveness of the characters. I, I like the team up. I mean, that is my my favorite. I think they had a really great chemistry, all of them. And it was very much like you could see each one of them going forth to do the next part project without the others. And so we're like, oh, that was cool. I, I mean, I, you sure you don't want to bring them back? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> all right. So getting all, all, all clear to spoil away. So we, mm -hmm. we can talk with full impunity. We can just talk about it. So let's do that. Um, but first up, it's had a terrible box office opening. It was really, 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 really bad in terms of everything that box office heads really care about. Worldwide, it made $110 million. 
47 million domestically, not great. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of thoughts on why. We'll get into this superhero fatigue debate in a second. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I was really confused about it. I thought the movie had some crappy marketing. They weren't telling me enough in the in the trailers. Like, I was, you know, I watched Marvel movies, so it wasn't a thing of, I'm not going to see this. But I definitely didn't feel like anything they showed outside of my familiarity with the characters and, like, cool, we're going to see Captain Marvel Monica Rambeau. We're going to see Carol Danvers. And we're going to see Kamala back at it, Miss Marvel. I wasn't like, oh, man. There's so much amazing stuff based off of this trailer. It has me really excited to go see the movie. I th- the weird things, I, and I said this like months ago, it's like Marvel at this point does need to come up with good trailers. They're, the days of them coming up with, hey, it's Marvel, throw a couple action scenes, are over. You got to accept it. You got to move past it. It's over. You got to give people like, hey, here's, and you don't have Thanos to back you up right now. You can't say, hey, this is the next movie to get you to the fight with man. So lacking that, you've got to give people that, here's why you care, and here's why you should want to see this fun movie. Now you're saying that, but Thanos was the focus of two movies long okay. into the okay. You got to, for initial Marvel's movies, you got you knew you were built, you hoped you were building to, an Avenger. I'm sorry. After Iron Man one, you knew you were building to Avengers. Oh, okay, cool. So I'll watch all the rest of them to see how we get to the Avengers. Then after that, we're watching. Hey, here's all the stuff that happens after they defeat Loki. Like, what are they going to do after that? So I'm invested. Oh, it gets me to Ultron. Cool. Wait, I'm sorry. It doesn't even get. To, it gets you to Ultron. But you're also like, wait a minute. I remember seeing Thanos. So I'm invested now. They don't have that big bad right now. It is a vacuum right now. No matter what we were, we were literally initially led to believe there is a vacuum on who our big bad is, and not knowing that is hurting. I think your diehard fans because it's like what you guys don't know what you're doing. You guys keep giving me these subpar TV shows that I may, may hit or miss TV shows. And you got always always on it's like you're getting you you're missing you're not telling me why I need to go see this movie. And that's where a trailer should help. Like, this is why you want to go see this movie. It's like, oh, you get to see the Marvels. Oh, okay, cool. I really like, but yeah, you're you're budging a lot just saying it's the Marvels, go see it. Like that's a hard hard stretch. Yeah, and the build-up for it was essentially two TV shows. And here's the continuing adventures of Captain Marvel, who has had one movie and didn't get a sequel. If Chief were here, he'd probably say, where is Captain Marvel 2 before we got the big team up? And I kind of feel like there wasn't necessarily a reason for that. Now, one, now you and I gave this movie different ratings. We weren't way off base from each other. I gave it a 7 out of 10. And I can fully break down why it only got a seven for me. But I did like the movie. I thought it was fun, enjoyable, entertaining. But there's some Marvel legacy issues that are major problems for this. And it's not just the Marvel's issue. It's definitely something they've been doing consistently for way too long. I think they're 
biggest problem is Darbin is a awful, terrible villain. And I think the problem is they, they're chasing the Loki dragon, where Loki was a great villain in the first Thor and a great villain in Avengers. And, oh, man, Loki's so amazing. Let's see more of Loki. Okay, we'll put him into the second Thor film. And typically, you don't have that happen where, you know, a lot of cases, they kill off a villain. So there's no hope of bringing him back. Loki showed back up in Dark World. And, man, we're still loving Loki. Well, for no real reason, we're going to throw him into Ragnarok, too, because you all love Loki so much. And we're going to put him in Infinity War, and we're going we're gonna to make you care about him being in Infinity War, because he's going to be taken out in a snap. And not not a snap of a finger, but yeah. a snap of neck. Oh, yeah, he went Wu-Tang on him. So mm-hmm. then you had that, but people were like, more Loki. And hey, don't worry, we got a way to bring Loki back through in-games, time-traveling chicanery. And then we got a TV show with Loki. We don't even need Thor anymore. We can Loki can be self-sustaining on his own. Have a great Disney Plus show, and people are excited to see more. And, hey, y'all really love this so much, we're going to bring a second season of this, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. So Loki's the dream for Marvel. He's, he's the villain, their best villain. He's yeah. there, and I'm saying that best villain in kind of quotes, but he goes full circle from being a bad guy to a hero character that everybody loves. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do with too many of these villains. And I think they just need to go, this is this guy's a bad guy. This girl, she's a bad girl. There's, there's no redeeming here. Every villain since Loki's popularity took off has been... All right, let's hedge the villainry just a little bit. So in case we get really popular with this character, this character takes off, we can then make him a hero, just like Loki. And it has really messed them over because Ronan, Ronan was a villain. There's no, oh, there's let's, let's try to figure out a redeemable reason for him to be around. Nope, he's a killer. Great. That's what he does. He's somebody the Guardians can beat. Nothing else. Red Skull. Great villain. No one's trying to redeem Red Skull and have him on this heroic journey. No, he's a Nazi. We'll we'll keep him there. He's going to be in that bubble, and we're good. And Killmonger has a reason for what he does, but he is taking a villainous approach. So you can't go, well, maybe they can make him a hero. Nope. No, no. He's a bad guy, and he follows the bad guy path of not making it to the next film. Sort of, kind of. Baron Zemo was a really good villain. He has like a a slight reason for being, he's got a motive, but he's a villain. And all the stuff he does, he acts out like a villain. But those are like the rare cases where, I mean, she's my guy, Ironmonger. He was a bad guy. Nothing redeemable about him whatsoever. And he worked hard on that. I mean, he was putting the thing next to Tony. Here's a little Sonic thing for you, you stupid punk. That's what I need for my bad guys. And I feel like Marvel Studios has for too long tried to go, we don't really want to make them an all-out villain because how are we going to get the spinoffs? How are we going to get more appearances if we make this character too bad a bad guy? That was the thing with Baron Zemo and the Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's like, what are you doing? He was a great villain. In Civil War, don't make him dancing, dude. 
that's not Baron Zemo. He should be leading your Thunderbolts in your next movie. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Has that been a problem for these films? Because this is definitely something that's just driving me nuts. I don't need a motive, and I don't think they need to have a sympathetic villain like we got with Darth Vader. I th- My assumption is they kind of are using the wrestling idea. It's like, we're making a villain just so if we want to do a face turn, we're, we're cool with doing that. It's not working. I mean, it's it's you got to go all in. It's like, I don't know if Baron Zemo is in the Thunderbolts. This would be the time to make him. Ha! It's not. I'm not goo. I'm a bad guy. I don't like these guys. I I disagree with what they stand for. Like, that's just it. It's like you can't come up with the Lex Luthor. And then, oh, well, we're going to try and make him. He's, he's a little sympathetic, you know. He's just a little jealous, but eventually he'll come around. No, he won't. We don't want to redeem our bad guys. We need to sh- – it's like kind of one of those deals. It's like you need to show what is good and what is evil. You, the world is great, but you have to show sometimes that polar opposite to get people invested. And without well, – Also, with a superhero movie – you just need a bad guy. I mean, we didn't have back in the day as a silent pictures where we had the backstory to the guy who was putting the girl on the train. the girl on the train track. We didn't just get his backstory. We didn't need him. He was the bad guy for the hero to punch, save the girl, get a kiss, call it a night. Nowadays, we would have that villain's backstory where he was getting bullied as a kid by the jock. And now he's so tortured and tormented. This is his ultimate revenge. I don't need that. Okay, but it helps to be able to care about the, it's. Oh gosh, what is it? It's you need to. Uh, I think it's like symp- you need to have some sympathy for the devil to get in more invested. It's like, oh, if I just if I don't really understand why Thanos is doing this, I just will think he's a bad guy, and it's just it's just why I'm going to ask these questions. Why I'm going to ask these questions? Why? 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 If you give me that little, well, oh, he was a jerk, he was bullied, but instead of actually coming up. On the other side, like most of us, he decided to go the scorched earth, burn it all down. That helps if you have a villain that's compelling. Captain Marvel, I'm sorry, the Marvels very much did not. That I mean, Barter was, huh, what, huh? Okay, bye. Like, I, I hate to say, 80s kid says it right here. My vote is King followed by Doom. The reason both of these characters are good villains, they don't have some sympathetic backstory. Doom's mom got taken away by demons, and he does terrible things to get her back, like terrible things. He's never doing, you know, as far as I've been reading in in Marvel. I'm sure they've managed to totally redeem him, make him a great guy. He's a really good guy. But back when he was a great villain, arguably Marvel's best villain, he was doing terrible, awful things. He was arrogant. He was conceited. Richards, you can't tell me what to do. I know how to build this machine to get my mom's soul back. Boom. It blows up in his face. But instead of just disfiguring him, it's a little scar that runs along his side. He's so vain. Oh, I can't have this scar on my face. I've got to put a metal mask so no one sees it. And they're like, no, dude, the thing's still hot. You don't know what you're talking about. He's so arrogant that he burns his face. Not sympathetic. It's a <laughs> you're a jerk. You kind of have that coming. Now yeah, he's blaming everybody because he's a moron who's so arrogant that he won't understand when he's wrong. That's what you need for your villain. He doesn't need this complicated backstory. Darb Ben was sympathetic because 
Now, this is what we should have for Captain Marvel 2, the whole story where she kills all the supreme intelligence. Yeah, that was a lot. That was, they and they introduced that. It's like, hey, technically, Captain Marvel has been gone from her timeline for 30 years. Now, she hasn't aged at all. Like, we don't, what, you, there's stuff we don't understand. We just accept it. But it's like, she destroyed the Kree. Like, she did exactly what she said, but it has consequences. Like, but these consequences are significant things. Like, we should care about them. But we're just washed off and Bardem, she's sympathetic. Like, I don't even know how she got the ultimate hammer. I don't know how she becomes an executioner. Like, you just, I'm an executioner. I saw Captain Marvel pull me out. And Accuser, not executioner. I'm sorry. She is. She's an accuser. And yeah, I get these gauntlets that do this. I don't know. Like, you, didn't, you barely told me to backstory on the gauntlets. Like I got more of that, I think, in Captain Marvel, but I'm thinking that's kind of in a twisted way. I don't even know if that's accurate. So, and stuff. I mean, like I said, is it an enjoyable movie? Yes, but you're going to have questions. You're going to, at the end, you're going to be like, well, it was cool, but a Captain Mar- a true Captain Marvel sequel of her taking it to the Kree, of her being bad tale. But we also have the problem is Captain Marvel is overpowered. <laughs> She can single-handedly win a war because there's nothing that opposes her. Like, well, I thought this that was another interesting part about the movie because it felt like the writers were trying to figure out a way to work around her massive overpowered background history so far, mm-hmm. where you know, from what we've seen, two Kree soldiers should not give Captain Marvel any go. And she's fighting them for like 10 minutes. And like, how is this making sense? And then it's like, oh, wait, the fight's over. And the fight's over. But why were you fighting them for 10 minutes? It was really weird how they were doing that kind of stuff. Look, it's, a, some, it's unlike a Superman fight where it's like almost Superman, you know, he's holding back. This is why this is it's like in Captain Marvel, we're almost this is this is an actual fight. It's like it's not like. I can do this one hand tied behind my back. But she really can, based on the power level. So it's like, okay, guys, there's really no chance you can stand in front of me. So let me go talk to your boss and be done with this. Like, yeah. Like, so, and even them trying to step like, oh, I can step. It's like, I want a war by myself. You can't. Like, just just accept that you don't have what it takes. Yeah. Talk, let me talk to your manager. Like, that, that's the real problem with the way they portrayed her in other films where it's like, eh, I appreciate the efforts to try to lower her powers down, like the Superman and Justice League for season one. Oof, I'm knocked out. I need Hawkgirl and her mace to save the day. Every I mean, day. they tried, but it was just kind of like, this This isn't working. And then it was causing problems with me with the power sets of other people. It's like, well, is Dar Ben as powerful as Thanos because she's got these bracelets going toe to toe with Captain Marvel? And and her amazing friend. But she once she gets a lightning, I mean a power surge, she becomes her equal. So if the villain's supposed to be smart and been planning this revenge, she should just be like, hey, I'm going to have Captain Marvel keep shooting her little laser blast at me and then drain Captain Marvel's potentially infinite power and do whatever my evil plan is. That's a totally different stone. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> Like I said, it, it think too hard on this movie, it, it's going to... Uh, All right, did you, care, did you care about the dance scene or the song and dance scene? 
I know a lot of people online have been just pulling out their beers over it because it's like, ah, this is terrible. Hey, I'm sorry, it's a fun scene. Like, did I? I'm sorry, maybe, maybe I'm one of the few people who like what was it, murder mystery too, when Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler went to the wedding and had a dance. I'm like, it's funny, like it's 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 not so things don't have to be so heavy. And it's like, oh, they're just coming into a planet that's cool. Like, oh, different culture. Okay, cool. Like, it's a different world. It shouldn't be the same boring S that we see here all the time. So, ah, I was, I was like, that's, I'm not, I, I'm not, you know, plucking my beard. Oh my, there's a dancing scene in a Marvel movie. Yeah, I'm, I was like, <laughs> oh, it's fun. Like, oh, like, it's like, and, and especially like when you saw uh, Ms. Marvel embracing it, like, oh yeah, it's like. Like this would be a balance, like to your very serious hero, which y'all complained about having Ms. Marvel, like, hey, this is fun. Like, hey, wow, I'm in space. Like that youthfulness of a kid. Hey, I'm in space. Oh, there's a dancing alien culture. Sign me a freak up. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. She was so much fun in this movie. I mean, I just I loved Miss Marvel. I really enjoyed her. Her solo series and Amon Vellani is just, I think she's exactly what the MCU needs more of. Characters that aren't taking themselves so seriously, having a good time with their powers. And when she lands on that singing, dancing planet, she is right away like, oh, I'm with it. And then after a moment, Monica's like, "Uh, all right, okay, I'm with it. And that was fun. Carol's kind of stiff, like, "Uh, I'm so embarrassed. Please don't make make a deal out of this. And uh, I liked it. I thought it was. It was interesting because as soon as that scene was over, it's like, all right, time for the big fight. It's like, um, okay. That that pacing was a little weird because it felt like we needed something traumatic to happen as opposed to we're having a big fight here on the singing dancing planet. So yeah. a little weird, but whatever. Yeah, like they, they could have used the transit like, All right, I know there are certain planets. I mean, like, hey, there's certain planets I love. And she's I know exactly what the next one is. Maybe have like, hey, why does why does this person know the planet you love? Like, does everybody else have the backstory of Captain Marvel? Was a was our resume? And this year, Captain Marvel married this prince, and, and they have now taken over the world. Like, give me a little bit. I know they were trying. The director said she was trying to keep it under two hours, and I appreciated that. But air times and like, let's give us a little more. We'll be okay. You know, stretch it out to a minute. I mean, an hour and ten minutes. We're okay too. I feel like an hour and 59 minutes would have been better. Because <laughs> I was like, I felt like there was a lot of story that actually would have been needed and justified. You've got three leads. You've got one of the leads, family. You've got Nick Fury. Really nice to see Nick Fury back in the MCU. It that was, was great. Nice. You know, I, he's been gone since uh, a little while. Yeah, it, it was nice to see him back. I love the fact that they totally no-sold. Like, like they were both the road warriors on Secret Invasion. Secret what? No, that that doesn't count. I totally, I loved it because I was like, "Thank you," because it doesn't exist to me either. Red Hills chilling on vacation, hanging with her mom. We're good. Don't ever mention it again. Like they, like you said, they so they no sold them like road warriors getting chops. Like, come on, that ain't gonna do nothing. Like that, that that show was bad, and they did not mention. Hey, Fury, what about your wife? That one that didn't happen. That was in another universe. Like, come on. <laughs> who, who would make such trash? Yeah. All right. So the only issue I did mention um, that I did not like 
And, well, not so much I didn't like. It was just like, it was really weird because I felt like they were catering to the shipping crew going, oh, well, you should put Valkyrie and Captain Marvel together. I thought that's, I hate, I hate the whole shipping thing. I think it's ridiculous just in general. I mean, I was like looking around just for like poses for Luke Skywalker from The Mandalorian Season 2. And I'm like seeing all these Twitter pics of Mandalorian and Luke hugged up. I'm like, come on. Shipping culture is weird. And it just is just stop. Play along with what's going on on the screen. Thank you. So the executive producer of the Marvels, Mary Lovanos, was asked about Carol and Valkyrie's scene where, you know, she comes and rescues the scrolls. And, you know, she's like hanging out and being like, hey, buddy. And she plants a kiss on her cheek as she leaves. And I'm like, please don't cater to these people that are trying to ship them. So Lovano said in an interview with EW, pairing Carol and Valkyrie and having them share the big screen was another bucket list item. Fans really shipped them in their friendship. And as a huge nerd myself, I was dying to see that relationship on the big screen. Nia DaCosta, the director slash co-writer of the film, is quite close with Tessa Thompson, so we had to write in a cameo. She's such an empathetic, wonderful character. We were trying to figure out exactly how to help the scrolls after the events that take place on Tarnak. We were excited that the idea that Valkyrie could help in this novel way. So what did you think about that? Was it weird to you or was it kind of like, eh? You need to give me backstory. Like, I, I've only seen them have any interaction together at the fight in Endgame. There wasn't even, it was, it, there wasn't even a scenario where Valkyrie was left over after the snap we don't know what happened we don't know what happened there after a snap so we have no backstory on how they would know each other so for them even to have a friendship like yo bud yo i don't even i, I don't i don't even know how this person has their number so it's like <laughs> i'm gonna need to give me a little more it's like it was a cool i mean i i had no issue with the cameo but it was more like uh cool but why it's like i mean it almost would have made more sense for her to send the scrolls to wakanda because at least she's been on some communication. We saw that in Shang-Chi with Okoye, who would then go, why don't you have them come through to Wakanda? We can have them disguised as Wakandans, and we can have our own extra secret, secret army. Well, then the, the fact that our Wakanda's society is basically broken because of Namor. Um, we're, pro- we're probably rebuilding their whole army. I mean, they've got... They've got ships. Let's let's talk about what everyone else is saying on here. Okay, what I'm you got? Talking too long. Ryan says Marvel's been trying to make sympathetic villains since Chris Claremont got his hands on Magneto. That became such a triumph in the comics. The whole company's been chasing that ever since. And oh my gosh, you know that was done really well. But boy, did X Men go way off the reservation, trying so hard to make every villain a hero. I hate it. X Men is definitely one of those where. I'm like, please stop. Sabretooth does not need to be a hero, okay? Just please don't. Yeah. Kill a bunch of warlocks. Yeah. I, I, that's probably the accurate thing is don't. People were bad. Like, if you were part of the mutant, I mean, sorry, mutant massacre, no good. <laughs> it's like, there's no redeeming. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, well, that was a different. No, that happened because if you can't, if that didn't happen, Archangel should never exist. And you keep having him exist. So yeah. it happened. Exactly. Jamelin says, I do think the sympathetic villain character in the gray area can work, but you have to use those tropes sparingly. Thanos is supposed to be special. Killmonger was interesting. 
if you make everyone like that, those characters lose their magnetism and no pun intended character. Exactly. I mean, it's just, you can do it. It just has to be good. You can't make everyone. It, it can't be everyone needs to have a reason why they went down and became a villain. I don't think we have to worry about this because I feel like they understand that Joker is not a character they need to. Really good backstories for Joker explaining everything. I mean, that's one of many reasons I don't like the Joker movie. It's like, stop. He's okay. a psychopath murderer. That's okay. all we need to know about Joker. I have tell some jokes that are funny every so often. Okay. I have the book, The Three Jokers, and it's like they try and come up with all these reasons and explanations for the Joker and why he's got these different personalities. And it's like, it's still the same concept. Bad dude. It's not, it's always bad dude. It's very much like you come up with your bad guys. Like, just make him a bad guy. Like, you can make, there are certain traits in our society we deem bad. Like, how you were saying, like, Dr. Joe, arrogance. Like, just, no matter, it's like and just wicked. It, it's it, after after it's like after the arrogance, it becomes wicked. It becomes vengeful, spiteful. Wicked man. You should like come up with your own daggone deadly sins and how they lead to this. Like start you there. Like talk to Yoda. He'll tell you how it keeps the steps and go from there. Like just you can't have. Oh well, he's sympathetic. No, he's because as you said with Killmonger, he took he saw a son. He saw he had a problem. And instead of choosing one way, he went the freaking wicked way. Like, go that for your next bad guys. Like, King, bad. Like, if you're going to come up with, if you're going to do King, bad guy. Don't, he's just, he, he wants to take over the world. He wants to be an autocratic dictator because he thinks he's right. He wants to be the conqueror. All right. He, he, that's what he does. He conquers world to make him like how he, how he envisioned. That's bad. Let's go. All right. Ryan says, to a larger extent, The Sopranos and Breaking Bad have fostered an interest in villain protagonists that led to Disney making movies about the evil witches from Cinderella and 101 Dalmatians. Hated them both, too. So, yeah, I'm with you. And those are rare cases. I never want to see Disney release a Palpatine movie explaining why he became the Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah. If, if Grace, you were telling me about... Um, this new Hunger Games, Serpents and <laughs> no, Birds in Space. And, you know, I've been watching the trailers and kind of like, oh, cool, the new Hunger Games. And then you explained to me, because I was not really paying attention to the trailers to that extent. And you were like, you know what this movie's about? I'm like, no, not at all. I just see Hunger Games. I see some games. I'm ready. Viola Davis is rocking some wild hair. She's, she's rocking a Victor Timely hairstyle. What's up? And then you tell me this. And then I tell you it's the story of Snow. And then like, I go, who? <laughs> yeah, remember the guy was who was tormenting Katniss, you know, telling her she has to play her part? Yeah, that's the, it's the whole backstory of Snow and how he goes from a young upstart kid to one's movie of how he becomes bad. Or, it's like, and trying to figure out, I don't know if you've paid attention to the timeline on this movie. But you see how Snow, I mean, Snow is, is like, let's just say a 17-year-old kid. So does Snow go to Tatooine? He must have. Because somehow, magically, on his time in Tatooine, they have, oh gosh, what's my man? They have no sunscreen. We know No, that. It's, it's the guy, the game, the, not the, uh, gosh, the guy who does the Mike. Stanley Tucci. Huh? Stanley Tucci? Yeah, they have Stanley Tucci. They have a, a version of his character. Caesar, Caesar, that's it. Uh, Caesar, like Caesar, 
what's older than snow? I'm pretty sure y'all are gonna talk. I know the rich in, in, in Panera have like some great health care, can do whatever the hell they want, but I'm pretty sure anti aging on that extent, not in the health plan. So I was like, that little nip and tuck, he's good. Oh yeah. man, Caesar, man, he's got nip tuck, he doesn't have a wrinkle, but somehow Snow just missed that boat. He, he really went to Tasmania and just stayed there for 19 years. That's all you need. You don't even need 20. 19, aging like you, you got turned 40 years. Yeah. So I, my interest in this movie is like gone from a solid Hunger Games. I'm here to a, I don't know if I really care at all about this movie. I, I'm not interested in Snow's backstory whatsoever. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's based on movie by the original author. And it's like, I, I kind of want to, but it's like, Half the other fun of the Hunger Game was kind of seeing some of the traps they laid out for the competitors. Yeah. And just like how they just, oh, here's, oh, you think you have a chance? I'm going to answer that. Yeah, it's like, oh, here, here's some random dogs that we just made and they're going to come punch you. It's like, oh, come on. You got to root. I mean, that helps you root for the big guy. Now it's, uh, we don't have that kind of technology. Huh? Okay. That was the right. So Secret Invasion was a bad what if episode. It was the worst one of the season. Katie <laughs> says, what Secret Invasion? So I'm only familiar with Earth's Mightiest Heroes. So I'm, I'm still go. going through that. And gosh, I love that show. I need to start a uh, petition, whatever these kids are doing now, to get season three. Not done by the creators of Young Justice. No, no. no. Earth's Mightiest Heroes crew. Get more seasons of this show on Disney Plus yesterday. Gosh, that show was so good. So well done. And ask him because because it's like, hey, we we've embraced the multiverse, so you don't have to complain. Like, oh, this doesn't fit in with what we're doing. It's like, it's okay. Go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Snake Eyes never finished Hunger Games. Who the heck is Snow? I can't explain <laughs> it if you've never watched it. Um, Donald yeah. Sutherland's character, the the Donald Sutherland's character. Hunger Games is overhyped. I, I don't. I I enjoyed that series. I felt like it. it Exactly as long as it needed to, that was done. And I enjoy those movies a lot. Yeah. And uh, although the repercussions of that series, which every, with, with, which too many directors got the wrong message from, just set off a bad tidal wave of really bad movies in its wake. But yeah. that was the overhyped part. Yes, it, it is. But for those three movies, I really enjoyed the heck out of them. And I, those are definitely, those four movies, I do watch all of them. If they're on TV, or the random streaming service has that popped up. You may like this. I'm like, I think you're right. Let's throw it up. You know, yeah. Stop getting yourself over. The I do know about that. I'm gonna get my. I'm gonna get a thumbs up over. Shameless <laughs> says, "Did you guys read the King series? Only myself left to conquer. No, any good? And I'm are so, you answering to this? Or are you talking? I'm just this? wondering. Like, should it's a non-comic book reader? Should I even bother reading the King Dynasty? Because I don't know if they're going to actually do it anymore, or is it actually a worthwhile comic to read? The one from Kurt Busiek, yes. Yeah, the one with some. Uh, yeah, the one in this graphic novel called, you know, the King Dynasty. You know, now they're doing this this uh, trick of calling stuff the latest edition of it. So there's another Secret Wars. There's, a, I mean, they're doing sequels without really saying Secret Wars two or three anymore. They're just Secret Wars. Yeah. And if you're not paying attention, you may get caught. So make sure it says Fairview used to go in there. That's the one to grab. All right. So let's let's finish up here with the last bit of the Marvels. So 
when I wrote my review, I was like, dude, every the thing that I feel like most people are going to be talking about is post credit scene because I was like, oh shoot, this is great and really exciting, and I'm really loving the fact that Lashana Lynch is still so involved in this franchise because when she was cast, like she's really, really good, and it's a shame that we're not going to see her more in this series. Shout out to the casting crew for deciding young Monica needed to be recast to look like future Monica, as opposed to, uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, here's a new kid. But I really love that twist where it's like, who do you think I am? I'm not her. She's rocking a binary costume. I love that because there was a stretch where Carol was hanging out with the X-Men. So that nod, and if she's in space, maybe we have the Star Jammers hanging out there too. Really cool. And this, this multiverse world, imagine that maybe Maria got to, or Marie, I think her name's Marie, got to the, the jet before Carol, and then she got the powers of Captain Marvel. And then she in that universe became binary. Really like that. And then, of course, the big shock, the big like, whoa, if anyone who has gotten in here late hasn't heard about the spoil a major thing. So like this, Jason will give you a thumbs up when it's time to listen again. <laughs> we hear Kelsey Grammer and we got super comic book accurate CGI beast popping up in here. And that was awesome. And it's like, oh, okay, so we're really going to do it, huh? And seeing the quality work on that CGI beast had me really excited. And Charles wanted to know this, really? Well, who's Charles this time? And more importantly, who's Cyclops? Bring them all on. Let's see them. I want to get to where the X-Men are already around. And this is a really intriguing way to do it where... You don't have to waste time. Here's the beginning of the X-Men. It's just the X-Men have been around. Deal with it. Yeah, you guys have already seen these movies where X-Men have existed. And we're just going to bring over our super advanced, awesome team of X-Men into the MCU. I really love that idea where we don't necessarily have to go back to the beginning. That's something they could do. But I kind of like, hey, here's the X-Men that you probably want to see in a, in a movie universe. Let's make it happen. What do you think? I think this is where you use their because Beast they did Beast well in Daredevil. I mean, not, I'm sorry, Deadpool. So it's not a giant leap for me to continue this. It's like go with this. It's like just because I think you mentioned in a couple episodes, it makes more sense to have them in a whole different universe so they can be on the same kind of age level as the Avengers instead of saying, "Here's why these guys faked on Thanos." Like giving yeah. them, like reason, like hey, they've been heroes, but they, in this universe, like you don't, have, you can very much do it. Like we did the incredible, I mean, the incredible Hulk, where it happened. Here's a flashback backstory. You saw all that, but yeah, don't worry about everything. Here's a go. Now we go into your story and why these people probably going to come into this universe, which fully formed versus having to get the young X Men books out for five years because there's so many X Men stories you don't really need a origin story you have them you know the x-men let's go like and and we are and we are starting x-men no earlier than days of future past ending like okay that is the that is there there is no other movies 
except Deadpool. When all the rest of that did not happen. <laughs> it's like X Men Three is not a thing. Like no, no, no one is suggesting that. That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. That those the Fox movies exist only in the sense of these are mutants and this is their backstory. And because we saw binary with Beast, which never happened in the Fox series, it's a totally different universe of X-Men. But through the shorthand knowledge that we have from all those 28 Fox X-Men films, they don't need to go through the whole origin chapter explaining here's what a mutant is. We don't need to that. Keith Cooper says, what up? Let's make it happen. No origin stuff. Yeah. So I think that's a great way for them to do it. They're not going to go with my idea, but they can still do most of it. And I really like that because we don't have that same same issue with the Eternals. Well, why didn't you help fight Thanos? Oh, we're just chilling. This this explains it. They were in their own universe. Same deal with Fantastic Four. Don't need an origin for them either. They're just here now. Don't worry about it. I'm here now. I hate to say it's like, that would have been a cool thing to use uh, No Way Home to bring all those other universes into the like oh, I, I, no, 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 we we No Way Home was perfect for the story it was telling about Spider-Man and the different Spider-Man that now Peter knows exist. And you know, that was nicely self-contained, yeah. exposing poking more holes in the multiverse. Now that we know it's a thing. And then we can keep building on it and having more of these holes crossing over and all that good stuff. But I think Spider-Man is perfect for its self-contained Spider-Man multiverse. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm making. I'm trying not to make my one joke, but it was good you had ideas like, hey, Venom is a thing. You might see Venom in Spider-Man. But then there's also that when it's an easy way to jump everybody in. It's Doctor Strange is pulling all these universes. And some of the pieces got left on Earth 616. Like, I thought that would have been a cheat code, but it's like, for what may be the end of Spider-Man, you it's a good idea to just, this is wrapping up Spider-Man. Yeah, and also, they weren't prepared remotely to follow up on that promise of the Fantastic Four and the X-Men showing up at that point. I mean, we've had, what? Three other movies announced. We have Thunderbolts. We have Captain America. We had the Marvels. We had Quantumania. I mean, what? It's about five movies before we would get to the X Men. And those movies are already in the tank. So. But, but no, but the X Men movie has been, I'm sorry, well, at least they, every time, because I mean, it's the easiest graph, graph that everybody can do on the computer. You always can do a Fantastic Four just logo and just like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, Fantastic Four is bumping any of these movies. It's just really, is just Fantastic Four and X-Men can bump any one of these movies and no one's going to trip. Like, there's other movies we've seen on that schedule that were like, pass, go. They, they would, but they need to have people that want to do it. And they have to cast people. So it's not like, oh, let's, let's, let's make it a priority. we got this strike, both writers and actors, but let's go ahead and push this movie. I mean, like, okay. It resulted in a train wreck greater yes. than anything else they've shown so far. Could you have gone with the, I don't know if we're going to say fan casting of Fantastic Four? We could have used, uh, what's his name? The guy who played Reed Richards in John Multiverse. Wayne. His wife, Emily Blunt, and come up here to... Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm. 
Like we all we have to do is cast technically two other people. Like we can't get that done. Like come up. Like at that point, I can if I can lock these two these two in, I can at least start my my writer. Like make me his fantastic room, and here's what I'm building to. I'm I'm giving you my clip notes. So here's what I want you. Here's my story. But here's the larger universe I want to get to. Like lay some breadcrumbs out and go. Snake Eyes says, Jace, I don't like your idea. It sucks. I may be adding some extra, but I think you add some extra words in there. <laughs> possible. The Hells right says they had to let those contracts expire. Uh oops. And then Jamie said, Aren't they also waiting out Fox after contracts? <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> we can call them Reed R E I D Richards if we need to work around those Fox contracts. But I think with the Fantastic Four, they can always stumble into another multiverse. Their whole Explorer gig can immediately send them, oh, we took a rocket, stretcher, where the heck are we? Well, Ben, according to my, yeah, 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 skip the five dollar words, what's going on? Who are the Avengers? Who is Spider-Man? You know, they could make that happen so easy. The X-Men travel through different portals and universes all the time, too. They don't, have to, they don't have to make a lot of work, but I think the best thing, because they were clearly going on this quality control issue, to have all these stumbles, get them out of the way, make people go, is the superhero balloon burst before they get to Fantastic Four and X-Men? Because if they rushed them along, it was going to be part of that problem where, oh man, not even X-Men and Fantastic Four can save Marvel Studios now. Now it's like, shoot, people aren't going to come out and spend a billion dollars to watch our movies. We need to fix the problem. And that's why it worked out so much better that they didn't rush through because they could rush Spider-Man back in their heyday. They cannot rush Fantastic Four and X-Men. They have to get them right, especially because those franchises have been tainted by some really crappy movies over the last decade. So you can't go, let's rush it, because it doesn't matter. Spider-Man movies had goodwill with the exception of Spider-Man 3. The Andrew Garfield movies were pretty well received. But so they could rush into a Spider-Man. We don't need to do an origin. He can show up in Civil War. Then we can do a solo movie and just skip. Just do a movie. And it worked. You can't do that with those two franchises. Well, I mean, I adding the other I mean the aspect is unlike some of the other movies. You can't just borrow, like, go from the comic book. There's a lot of crappy X-Men stories. So if you look at the last one, it's a whole bunch of jumble, Krakoa, you know, the X-Men are immortal things. It's like, what? This just doesn't even have stakes. It's, it's kind of stupid. And Fantastic Four, who's the actual Fantastic Four? Is it, you know, our core four? Is it She-Hulk? Is it, um, gosh, what's my name? Uh, Fantastic Four? Thing, again, I know what should be. I'm saying if you look at a book, like I mean, uh, Franklin Richards might be there. Like, dude, I mean, okay. you got to start. Like, we got to use it for and go from there. And we have to come up with, all right, what's our what's our theory on these guys? Go from there. And we got to. And you need a comic, a competent comic book writer to do this. Not a Hollywood. Not using the um, reality TV show writer. To come come up with your script, you need somebody who's like, okay, this is comic book stuff. We need to tell a cohesive story that can stretch for at least three movies in our big tie-up movie. You don't need a comic book writer. You just need someone who appreciates the 
comic book, respects it, and figures out a way to make it work. Keith, Keith and I always have beef on this because Keith was like hating on Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh. I really liked it. He was like hating it way back in the day when I wrote my review. We're like tussling online over it. But yeah, I, I liked it, man. Um, I was gonna say, like, when he says about Franklin, Franklin is reality warping cannot be in this universe. At least for a very long, he cannot be. He can't be a thought in this universe for for real. But I don't know what you, what kind of writer you have. They might think, oh well, I'd really like to work with Franklin Flash. No, you don't. The old the the worst take on a superhero right away is to give them makes them older right out the gate. You don't need to do that when you're introducing characters. Yeah. No kids. That's in season seven. Are you, you saying started? Black Lightning made that mistake? You know my thoughts on that <laughs> all the time. Focus on your heroes, then bring in the kids. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is underrated, 80s kids. People don't appreciate it. But I, I think go watch that, especially in this void of Marvel movie. I think, I don't know what streaming services. I think I popped that in. I think anybody doesn't like I think you'd watch it and be like, all right, it's, it wasn't as bad as those things. This I think cool. they're on Disney Plus now. I think it's part of their legacy collection or multiverse, whatever. Yeah. I don't know the tab, but I'm pretty sure it's on there now. Yeah, because like, it was on Netflix for two minutes and they decided to let it go because contracts and let it go. All right. So we've been talking about Fantastic Four. Let's talk about the news, the the breaking social media news that may or may not be confirmed, but Pedro Pascal is in talks to be Mr. Fantastic. And that's fantastic. Because the dude has done every franchise. He's done video games. He's done the Mandalorian. He's done Star Wars. And he, he needs his moment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, shoot, he's in Game of Thrones. He's awesome in that. And I think as far as Marvel characters that would work for him, Ray Richards is a really good choice because we know he can be brainy and he can talk that talk. And I kind of like the idea of him playing Reed. And, you know, he's old enough that he doesn't look like a senior citizen but he's not like a young pup and he can hang with uh, maybe Tony Stark. He shows up, who knows? And you know, he can do his thing. And I really like the idea of him in that role. What do you think? I'm trying to think. Of just, I think he's, I, I think truthfully he's probably too old. It's like, too old to complete the training. He's not trying to be a Jedi. <laughs> I think to get to your next secret wars is how many years away. And with, Probably a strike or two in between that. You know that movie's going to get delayed. So, do you have this guy for five years? I, I'm about to break your cable box because he is 48 years old. He's not that old. Okay. See, then I was thinking he was. What what age is Joel supposed to be in The Last of Us? I don't know how old a video game character is supposed to be. I thought he was close. I thought he was. I thought he was closer. I thought he was over fifty, based on like kind of what it was. Yeah, he's forty. I just looked it up because I was like, I don't think he's that old. And this guy who popped in on the chat for some reason, Fantastic <laughs> Four will suck. I hate her. You gotta ban this guy. What's up, Chief? Should be in bed, but he's gotta start this mess. <laughs> right, came in just to do that. <laughs> He must smoke a lot. I don't know. He was on Tatooine. I mean, clearly, you know what's going on. Mandalorian season one, he was on Tatooine. That's what happens. So, yeah. So, I like the cast that you don't. 
I think that leaves it wide open for anyone to be Invisible Woman where she doesn't need to be a 20-year-old. And I think that's great because, whew. But, again, that it's kind of but having somebody who is 48. Also, her, I mean, it goes, goes back to what you were just saying. He's older than you're starting him out pretty old. It's like at 48, unless you have him, you're saying he's playing 35. Are we just saying no to kids at all? Like, like you know, I don't need the kids in there. I, mean, I don't really, need, like, really don't want the kids to show up. Again, do again. I, I've said my, what I said about Franklin, but it's an avenue. Like, do we want to do that in the third movie? Do we want to go there? Like, that's you want to see Robert Downey Jr. back in the MCU. No, he's 58 years old. And as Ryan says, Robert Downey Jr. was 79 years old when he started playing Iron Man. I don't know how old he was. We got to sell kids. Yeah, I know he was good. I don't know how it was, but it was good. Blaze says, get on camera, fool. <laughs> um, says, I don't think Pascal is too old, but I don't think he's Reed Richards either. Is there any role that he will work for you guys in MCU? I'm, I'm seeing a lot of dislove from a man, Pedro, in okay. MCU. What I would, it's like, to me, could he play... I don't want him to be another dude in the mask, but could he do back Dr. Doom? No. No, no, no. Whoever does the voice acting for Dr. Doom in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, <laughs> that's who I want to play Dr. Doom. I can get any CGI dude or whatever to play him. What I need is somebody who can nail that voice. I mean, like, if we, if we can use James Earl Jones' voice in perpetuity based on... AI, and that's one of the uses they're doing. I mean, I mean, Lex Lang, Lex Lang, the dude's name is really Lex Lang. Come mm-hmm. on, seriously. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you just gotta cast him. <laughs> you gotta like, make it done. Make like, it happen. It's way too cool, man. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Someone says I don't usually balk at casting announcements, though. They're actors. Their job is literally to convince us they're someone else. I think he does a pretty good job of that. So, yeah. you know, working with kids or Ellie. We've seen him be that father figure. I don't. I, I think he could do a fine job. You know, for me, I was like, there is no way Chris Evans should be playing Captain America. I was like, out of it. Yeah. You can't find another blonde in Hollywood, and the dude just killed the role because I thought he was so perfect as Johnny Storm. I was like, how are you going to do this? They could do another Fantastic Four movie, and whew. all right. Eighty says, "I'm calling it right now." Lars Mikkelsen will be doomed. Eh, I don't know about that. Yeah, he's doing. He's killing this strong, but yeah. Blake says, "I'm just now taking in that Pedro is playing Reed, but I think the first movie he should be around late 30s, 38, 40." Hmm. Ryan says, "The only casting announcement I ever thought nailed it was Edward Norton in The Incredible Hope, which didn't last." Gosh. I'm never impressed by casting announcements, but I'm oh amazing. man, I'm trying to think. I with you, cause man, that was like, oh, he's great. Yeah, his he, he was like, he's based on his frame. He looks like a guy who doesn't transform into this Hulk monster. It's like, I mean, Mark Ruffalo looks like a normal guy, but like the build they had from uh, Ed, uh, Edward Norton was so like frail. Like, put him in a lab coat. You're unassuming. You don't you don't know this guy. But yeah, he's great. Like he, it's like no beard. I mean, even with the beard on, he's like, eh, you're, yeah, yeah, whatever guy. But he, he's one of those guys. I almost wish, 
whatever beef they have with in the MCU, what if they could really just like, come on, guys, y'all can't find a role for this guy to come back. I mean, I know you can't because he's technically that Hulk movie is really part of the Hulk, the series. But it's like, ah, I thought that. I think that still is one of those lost opportunities. Man, Ryan, you're right. That was my problem when Eric Bannon played Hulk first. He already looked like a superhero. <laughs> Hector, why oh, yeah. didn't he Hulk out? Yeah. yeah, it's like I mean, any, anybody who saw Troy, you're like, um, he's a great actor, exactly. but no, it's like this dude can't be that. He's gonna look unassuming, not the dude who takes on like, all right, come on, uh, man, dude, come on, bring I mean, it. If you want to say Eric Bannon was playing Superman? I'm like, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, nah, dude, he's he is. I saw Troy, and I can't unsee Troy. I was like, dude, Hector is the man, yeah. even though I know it's gonna happen to him. Yeah. Oops. Banner is doomed. Shoot, make it happen. Make it Back happen. Yeah. Uh, another Mickelson to be doomed. Matt, you could see that. I mean, he had that pompous, just ridiculous deal on uh, Casino Royale. I think he, he could play that. But we already used him as uh, Casais. Oh, gosh. That was a waste of a villain. <laughs> that was a terrible villain. Gosh. Dr. Strange was, that movie did need a better villain. You, you mean that's okay? MCU needs good villains, especially for your origin movie. But it can't be a Loki level that you keep around for all movies. That's a that's a legacy issue with X Men. It's like, we're, hey, we're gonna keep Magneto. Why do we need Mag? He's a horseman. Why the hell does Magneto a horseman? <laughs> what freaking ass for Magneto to be a horseman? Like, we like to do this. I mean, it's like who, who who decided to cast this storm as storm? Seriously, like, like, come on, like, ah. yeah, yeah. I just need someone at Marvel Studios to look at how Storm looks and the comics yes. cast accordingly. Accordingly, yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk Loki season two. It's wrapped up. It's done. What did you think? Very enjoyable. I liked how. I, I mean, it, it was it was a fun, you know, start of the multiverse saga. It was really nice to see that. Actually, talked about for. Eight episodes actually, you know, we actually bounced back and forth and went to different universes. That was fun to see. I'm glad they decided to do that in MCU. <laughs> but depending if they want to, will that count as MCU or will they decide that's now not part of MCU? I, I, I mean, I, lo- I love the cast in it. I think everybody did a great job. It was it was fun, enjoyable TV. I don't know what I mean. You're, you're going to talk more, so I don't want to just be like going to straight spoiler, like, oh, yeah, X, Y, and Z. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot to go into. I mean, it was like a, a Groundhog Day situation where Loki is continually batting, you know, butting his head against the brick wall, and then finally just says, all right, I'm just going to have to learn. It takes centuries to learn how to do it. And I love the scene with him and He Who Remains, a.k.a. Jonathan Majors. Um that scene was so good. What makes you think this is my first time? Shout out to Casino Royale. And, I mean, it was great. Those two against each other, I was like, man, this is why I hope this whole Jonathan Majors thing does not go the other way. Because, mm-hmm. man, that dude, is he was really doing some acting on those scenes and how he was able to make all these characters he's playing so different from one another. It's like, man, this is really fun seeing an actor who can just sink his teeth into various roles that are shades of the same guy. So that was fun. And he really had that evil bad guy thing going. Or he's like, 
it doesn't matter. I've already won. You can't do anything. You're going to have to kill her or not. The whole war is going to happen. So what you got, player? You, you've seen what happens if you don't take me out. You've seen what happens if you take me out and all these variants come. Then they're going to take you out. It was Jonathan Major's performance in it, like I said, for doing Victor Timely and then He Who Shall Remain. It's like, it's really good. He Who Remains. Like, it was very good, but it's it's way too complicated. I'm, I'm still just like, it's way too complicated. Oh. Why don't you do anything? That was fun. I really love those those interactions. The one with Mobius was really good too. And then Loki's tying the time streams and all the different connected strands of the multiverse together. And I think like 80s kids says, maybe Loki's gonna be the one to pick the heroes to fight against Kang. Who knows what's gonna happen? I there yeah. seems to be some sort of conjecture that well, Kang is done. He's he's wrapped up. We're not gonna see Kang. He's over. Hope you enjoyed seeing him get beaten by Ant-Man. That's it. It's a wrap. Yeah. Like, I've, I've seen some kind of theories bounce around the net. Through, I mean, I think Tom Hiddleston kind of alluded to, yeah, that's that's a wrap for Loki. It's been 14 years. That's the end of Loki. Oh, no. He said but, in another interview, I'm still here. And death, I, I didn't die. So I could be used to bring back heroes who have died. Yeah. Like, maybe Loki is Darth Lagos. You can use some metaphorians. Who knows? I, he, I know he didn't learn that lesson from a Jedi. That's all I know. <laughs> I think they could use Loki in that regard. It would help for was that Secret Wars? Yeah, Secret well, Wars. It, it would be it would be a very good use of Loki. But if they knew if that was if that was Tom Hiddleston's last performance is Loki, that was a good use of him. Like, I think that was a very good send off, not a cheap like really this this is all we get. This is how y'all kill off here? Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, like that was a very good way. Like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. You're enjoying sideline for as long as he needs to be sidelined, and then could come back at any point that's needed. It's like, he's, like he's, he's, he's he's he actually is immortal. So him sitting there with the branches, and he's like, okay, let me tie these up right quick, and then go do something for five minutes. Make sure it's a good now, I'm almost like the master of time at this point. So I think I can do kind of mess around and do what I need to. Right. Now, speaking of time, and this whole are you fatigued on superhero movies, the question has been posed after the Marvel's box office failure. I'm going to say no. That's my short answer. I think people are just tired of mediocre. I think the kids are saying mid now. Um, <laughs> if that's what they say. I'm not quite sure why. I mean, it's middle. So, okay. But Anyway, I think it's just more the quality is so up and down. Good stuff. People go see it. But I feel like Marvel has been kind of like, we're good. We're Marvel. They'll go see it a little bit too long. They've been coasting on their past successes. Oh, a new movie's come out. Look, we just made a billion dollars. Now they don't have to work for it, especially as they start going into these secondary, tertiary characters that might not have the same excitement buzz other characters and i know you can always go well they made a mega franchise out of a group with a raccoon and a talking tree but the problem was they had a the screenwriter slash co-screenwriter director 
who really knew how to tap into those characters and make them feel right away like A-list characters. Who didn't go, oh, they're so quirky. I'm just going to stay in a quirky mode with them. It was like, y'all are going to love these characters. Here's why. And they did because he treated them like heavy hitters and losers who happen to come together for the good of everything. And they haven't been able to do that with these new characters they've been introducing. They've kind of stumbled. They've kind of fallen. And I think Marvel's has kind of had to deal with the backlash from, I don't like this Disney Plus show. This isn't working for me. Why do I need to watch a show on Disney Plus? Kevin Feige said, I never have to watch a TV show to understand what's going on in a movie. And now you're doing the Marvels. And lots of other things. Today, <laughs> and now, this is about, I was literally about to say this. The Madam Web trailer. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 I mean, they had a Spider-Man looking character. And I was like, oh, no. No, no. No, no, no. I was Destiny's child for a second. No, 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 no. It is not yes, yes, yes. I was like, was that Isaac Isaac's character from Enter the Spider-Verse? Like, I... It's not. It's a character... Back in the Jake Michael Straczynski run of Spider-Man, Ezekiel, who helps Spider-Man, and then he's not helping Spider-Man later on. And this trailer is just, gosh, this is everything that's wrong with, this is this is like ammo, like a, a nuclear missile for people who go, they're superhero fatigue. It looks so bad. And who cares about any of these Spider-Women? And why are we, I mean, this is like the dregs of Marvel comics, where it's like, these characters don't need to be the focus of a movie. And yeah, okay, Dakota Johnson, she's a big star. I don't know any moment of that trailer that made me go, oh, wow, now that looks cool. I want to see this movie. I mean, they're basically, what was it? They were doing a Final Destination kind of thing, and I'm just like... This looks terrible, and I want no parts of it. And now the the Sony official trailer on YouTube, the comments are hilarious because people are just, like, pointing out random lines in there. The part where she said, you almost hit me, that was epic. It was really funny if you want to to get some light, polite trolling that actually works. What did you think of this trailer? Okay, now I... I, I, I was on Instagram today, and then I saw this trail. I'm like, I don't know anything of what's going on here. So I sent it out to our, you know, the last movie file crew. I'm like, I don't understand this trail. I don't know what's going on. And when, like, Chief said, hey, yeah, the Madam Web is not that character. I'm like, oh, then I did it. I'm like, I remember, like, seeing Madam Web. That's not Madam Web. Like, like just, you no, know, I'm like, oh, this is so-and-so is Spider-Woman. It's like, okay, like, I don't know what they're going for. It literally just seems like they're throwing everything on the roof. I mean, on 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 the wall, and saying, "Hey, we're just gonna make a move. We're gonna make some. We are going to make our Spider Verse happen." And it's like, no, you're not. Not with these random sass characters. And I don't <laughs> want to see. And it's like, and I and this is one of those things I really don't want to see. Is when they're gonna say, "Oh, see, this is why you know all the fanboys hate." It's like. No, this doesn't look good. That's not. It's not because men hate women or wise. It just doesn't look like. I don't. I am a comic book fan. I don't know. I didn't see Morbius. I didn't see a Venom movie. I don't want to see any of these Sony 
try it. Let's see what happens in that wall. Spider Verse. Don't say when they try and come out with a hunter, a Craven the Hunter. Oh, he's now bitten with blood, and now he's a like, no. I don't want to see this. Like, give the yeah. full license to Marvel. I understand they're not doing great, but just give them a chance. Like you're, you're what you're trying to do. Your fetch is not happening. It looks so bad. Blake said, "Save Spider Woman, Julia Carpenter for Secret Wars reveal." Yeah, I'm I'm a little worried about what the heck they're gonna do with Secret Wars, but yeah, she was fun in that thing, and and it was like Spider Man's like, oh, I love your costume. That's so awesome. I they all try black and white attire, yeah. and Tom Holland doing that look with her. I mean, because they're roughly the same age anyway, so that would have worked too. And I feel like they've gotten a little bit too far away from the fabrics of the comic books that work so well and are trying to do too many different things that aren't connecting with comic book fans aren't connecting with the mass audience where before it felt like they understood how to connect to the comic book fans the comic book fans went out and said this is an awesome movie i'll go watch this seven more times hey you random person who've never heard of these movies and these characters come with me one of these seven times that i'm going mm-hmm. oh look i've got a new fan just like a you know a, a good spreading virus how many times are, did you see how many times did you see avengers in the movie, in the theater. <laughs> I say at least four. Remember, I do know that I got my future wife into watching these Marvel movies from watching the first five. So when Avengers came out, the second time I saw it was with her. And you know, she's like, oh, look, a new Marvel movie. She could not tell you any backstory in these characters. But Marvel Studios pops up. She didn't know any any backstory of the characters in the Marvels. She didn't watch Miss Marvel. She didn't watch WandaVision, but she enjoyed the Marvels. And that's, you know, I mean, it was like, okay, well, that's a little bit different than what they should have been doing, should have been doing these characters. But she's all into it now. And I think that's where they're kind of missing the mark because your comic book fans are going to be the ones telling everyone else, it's really good. Come see it. It's great. But I think they're trying to do this thing where, okay, we know we've got this fan base, the fans locked in, let's try to appeal to everyone else. But the problem is everyone else does not care about your stuff. Oh, it's not popular anymore? Cool, we're done. We're going to go see something else. And if you satisfy your fan base all the time, if you just cater to them, you're always going to be guaranteed a big profit at the box office not embarrassing returns like what they have for the Marvels. Okay. Do you think do you think the 50 shades of gray crowd is going to go see that movie? Well, Ryan says the trailer made 50 shades look so much better. <laughs> I mean, it's just like that casting was like it's like yes, you got a uh, hip young actress, but it's like all right, are they going to have that crossover appeal to like all right, after 50 shades of gray where there's no what's his name? Uh, Christian Grey coming? Are, are we are we looking at those box office returns? Because they're not great. It's like I think it was kind of the dude, kind of brought the people to the yard. But no, it was the milkshake. Right. That trailer did. I I was like, wow, this doesn't do anything for me. It's like the line. It's like it looks like a spider mess. There's twenty thousand characters <laughs> in there. I said, it's just. It, it's like it's not drawing. It's like when you say, "Do you want to spend twenty dollars 
plus some parking and popcorn on this. It's like, no. Don't you mean $100? Hey, I'm trying not to have y'all talk about me for my $100 movies, okay? Dang, man. <laughs> so here, here's the thing that's kind of interesting. So the first Fifty Shades of Grey, because I was curious, made, excuse me, in its opening weekend, $85.1 million. Mm-hmm. In route to $166 million at the box office. The second one came out two years later in 2017, open to 46 million 47 million dollars mm-hmm. these budgets are super low yeah, most expensive probably. one is 55 million so okay. they're making money they've wrapped up with 114.4 million the third one which came out the next year in 2018 that was smart not to get overwhelmed by infinity war was 38.5 million so there's diminishing returns to this thing and we know about diminishing returns the <laughs> box office for that one was 100 million but all of these made a ton of money and i don't think we're going to see a lot of that crossover audience because dakota johnson is such a big box office star and yeah snake eyes it looked like a cw show for real like in all facets it looked like a cw show where the spider-man s character kind of looked like a decent thrown together costume in the costuming department which was always pretty good for those cw cw shows knocked out but there was so much where it's like eh, they're standing around in our costumes and a lot of talking i'm not yeah. feeling it 80s kids says x-men dark phoenix but w- worse which one because they're That's, too terrible you said, like that one very much looked like hey you see him in costume and these flashbacks and that's all in these little futures. That's really all you're going to see them in costume. Exactly. It's, that's what's going to hit them. Blake says, and to Jason's point, didn't data just come out that way more men went to see the Marvels, which means women did not support it, but they blame men. Now I'm really curious about that. That's an answer. Hmm. Interesting point. Let's see. The audience break. That's like, because that's the core Mar- the Marvel audience. It's like, if we can't bring people in there, Okay, so this 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 is this is great. <laughs> so this is from IndieWire. According to tracking data for the film, just 19% of the opening weekend the audience for the Marvels was between 18 and 24. This is part of this lesson that maybe Gen Z doesn't care about Marvel. Uh 30% was 25 to 34. By comparison, 40% of the Captain Marvel audience was 18 to 24. And so has Marvel's Gen Z audience not there? Uh, who knows? Who cares? I'm trying to see where else I can find it because I saw this in something else. Oh. Um, all right, let me go to this other clip. So apparently 45% of the, oh, Jeeves is going all over. Let's see here. Um, are, you, are you really using Jeeves? No, let me go to Deadline. All right, so Deadline <laughs> says, uh, 65% of the audience for the Marvels were dude, and they call it male leaning, with 45% men over 25, 22% women over 25, uh, men under 25 at 20%, and women under 25 at 14%. Biggest demographic was 25 to 34, 33%. Diversity demos were 36% white. 27% Latino and has Hispanic, 17% Black and 14% Asian. So, Man. um, what does that teach us? What does that tell us? 
marketing matters. That's marketing. what it teaches us. It teaches us marketing matters. Like Captain Marvel original tracked who it wanted and got everybody. And it wanted everybody. It had good trailer and it pulled in like, oh, these are going to be, I'm going to see some returning heroes, not clips. Oh, this is going to be a really big deal. Without well, having, without, and, and, and very, I, again, this is, I don't want, like, I'm going to pat myself on the back. This is why I said Hollywood Strike was going to, they were going to feel this one. This is the one they were going to feel not having their stars. Because you can pump Brie Larson out, you can put uh, Ms. Marvel, and trust me, everyone who's seen that is like, Ms. Marvel's a star. Like, she's the, like, it's like, oh, y'all got more of this? I'll watch this on Disney Plus because her and her family are great. I want to see more. I'm curious what the numbers are going to be for Ms. Marvel after the Marvels, but I think they have a real serious issue because it's like said, geez, how in the world do you have this movie where dudes hate on it and they're awful trolls but they're the biggest demographic going to see the movie. That, that's your counterpoint. It's like if guys are if guys suck so hard, then why are the guys being the ones seeing this movie? And they're not. And it's like, and I'm sure the audience score isn't review bomb. It's very like very consistent with other. The audience score is very very consistent with other Marvel movies. So it's like it's like the people didn't come because they didn't think there was a reason to come because the there market could not tell them why they needed to come. The on Rotten Tomatoes put, put my review on there. Sixty-two percent of critics liked it. That's out of three hundred and seven reviews. Audience score with a thousand verified ratings was eighty-four percent. So more audience members like Cap or like the Marvels than the critics. And I think some of it is just hey, if you don't. Tell people why it's awesome. And I think the Captain Marvel skewed a bit because you know we had that cliffhanger in Infinity War where we see the Captain Marvel logo. Who's this? I gotta go see who this character is it that Nick Fury's calling. So you got all that bleed over from the Infinity War crowd. And then, well, hey, she's this is one of the few movies between now and Endgame. So yeah, of course it worked. I do think, like she would say, Captain Marvel 2C will probably would have done better than the team up which would have probably made more sense for the third one they did that with the cap with the spider-man films where it's spider-man co-starring iron man sort of kind of um far from home here's mysterio but he's really the bad guy a little bit of nick fury and then it took the third one before we got two extra heroes teaming up with them now that formula worked out pretty well no way home made a lot of bang at the box office so we'll see Ryan's trying to help Sony. Here's a free idea. Spider-Girl with Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst as their grown-up parents. That could work, and you probably get a younger crowd to go see it, especially the Gen Z folks who are just now starting to pop out kids. That's the same. That's, you, you get them the nostalgia. They would come in there and sell that. Like, oh, I got to check it out. And... Yeah, that's that's men that maybe you might that might be a free idea that could make a money. Like hey. I, I would rather see that idea, even though looking Kirsten Dunst in that movie, I'm like, did y'all have any chemistry in that dang movie? That chemistry. Jamie says, I thought the Madam Web trailer looked kind of oh <laughs> wait, this is the Marvel character? This is in theaters? Sorry, I forgot it's not 1994. And this isn't a sci-fi channel. Sippy movie. Hey, Gosh, is Sippy still around? 
I was gonna say it, it, it at least it looks like it had better backgrounds than Krypton. Whew. And I, I, I actually do own the Krypton show. Krypton had great backgrounds. They just used them for everything. It's like, hey, just can you turn that wall around? Maybe we light it a little different. It's the same wall. Just admit we're just gonna run through this hallway, okay? Get over it. Just gonna, yeah, like just a little bit. Spider. I mean, Madam is Madam Web is just not somebody. It's like, all right, when when you say, all right, I definitely want to go see this next movie. Madam Web is not on that list of top 1,000 movies. I hate to say it. I mean, <laughs> Web is an old-looking character in the first place. And it's just, I don't understand why anyone thought of all the Spider-Man characters, let's run with that. The Spider-Verse is literally open to a whole plethora of other Spider-Men. You don't do Peter Parker. You've got what about a Spider-Punk movie? I think that would have been a really fun one to do. Spider-Man 2099. You don't need to save these just for the for the cartoon Spider-Verse version. You can make live action versions. Yeah. Spider-Man 2099, a futuristic Spider-Man that can't work. Spider-Man Noir. Like, why are we going to Madam Web? Makes no sense. That's, I mean, that's the funny thing. It's like, I was going to say, well, that's Sony. I'm like, no, the animated was Sony. So it's not like Sony can't do these things. Like, It's like, hey, do you remember these characters from End of the Spider-Verse? Would you like to see Spider-Man 2099? Yeah, you know, I'm, you, I'm sure Oscar Isaac would be like, yeah, you want me to play this guy live action? I can do that. Like, so. Afton Child wanted to know what the budget is for Madam Web. They don't really have that up yet, and that's probably not going to be something they're happy to talk about. Uh, But here's a synopsis as far as Wikipedia goes. Cassandra Webb is forced to confront her past while trying to survive with three young women with powerful futures. Wow, vague is everything. Not going to be able to do it. (laughs) 2019 Dark Phoenix. I'd rather see Arana. Now, that would be fun, too, Jane. I mean, they have so many options they could have gone with to de-age Madam Webb to make her look sexy was not the way to go. I mean, just, I don't understand. Madam Webb is a boring character to base as the center of a film. Maybe in a Julia Carpenter movie and she's going to Madam Webb for some advice. That could have worked, but geez, don't understand that one. We're we're trying. We we got it. Oh, gosh. Ben Ripley, I think you mean Ben Riley. Right. Um, that would have been fine. I mean, there are just so many ideas that could have done. Here's a novel idea. Remember how popular Mayday Parker was? I feel like no one besides the Spider-Verse crew at Sony understands what makes Spider-Man work, what would make them money. And because Spider-Man has so many characters, some that would make for fine standalone solo characters. But trying to do a Venom standalone movie, a Craven standalone movie, I was just like, what are y'all doing? Oh, okay. Um, like, again, being someone who's never watched the Venom movies, I don't care it's on Netflix and I pay for Netflix. I'm still not watching this movie. I'm not going to be that bored. Why do I want to see Eddie Brock? Because he was a bully and now he's been merged with a symbiote so he can be a Bully supervillain. 
Yeah, that, that doesn't that doesn't work for me. Okay, do I want to see bully villain versus Carnage? No, Carnage is just, you know he's psycho uh, killer. Yeah, I'm good. I don't need to see that. I think there might have been uh, another hero in that. And it's like, yeah, that's not draw me in that neither. You guys said, oh, we're teasing so and so. Don't care. Like it's like it's not going to connect to MCU, so I don't care. Oh well, we're going to introduce a trailer where we're going to—I mean, a, a teaser of Venom. Still don't care. Take a time out, guys. It's it's done. It's over. It's a wrap. Like, I, oh, but, but, but we're going to get this great idea. We're going to bring the Sinister Six in there, and we're going to make a big giant Sinister Six movie, and it's yeah. not going to have Tom Holland in it. And you're not going to have Spider-Man. You're out, Tom. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, let's get to something cool that I am actually excited about on the Marvel front. What if season two, we saw the trailer for it today, really fun, and I love the animation style. I really enjoy the first season. Season two looks like it's going to be on that same level of quality. It's nice to hear the voice actors once again back doing their thing. And it starts December 22nd. They're doing something really fun and really cool this time. They're going nine nights you're just going to see it consecutive so every night you've got another episode of what if season two to look forward to that's really cool and that's the kind of creativity they should be doing with these with disney plus i mean it's a format that that's theirs they can do whatever the heck they want to do new content something to look forward to don't know when x-men 97 is coming out but i don't like waiting a week for these shows i mean i think that's whack and it's ironic because what if is, is something where you could go a week between episodes because you're not really connected. But I love the idea of just throwing it out there, not in binge format. Just keep coming back every day. We got you. And, they're, and I don't, are they even full, like 30 minute episodes? Or were they like necros? And any details anymore. I just, I'm ready for it. Looking forward to seeing the show and make it come together. And I'm all set for it. And the good thing is after Loki, you're like, we got a whole new look. I mean, multiverse and the whole branch. I mean, there's no more sacred timeline. So anything that was could definitely happen. So I think that's another cool thing. Oh, okay. Let's see what happens after Loki. So Avengers Kang Dynasty has now lost Destin Daniel Cretton, the director of Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. That that was good. I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with, with these Avenger movies. We don't really have an Avengers team, and I'm not sure who would make up this new brand of Avengers. Is it going to be Falcon? Because I feel like anytime you throw Captain Marvel in the mix, she's a little bit too overpowered, so she's not great for a team, especially not in any context where, hey, you get to do stuff. So who would we put on this Avengers team? Falcon? Bucky? No, he's a Whatever. Sorry. Vision, um, Scarlet Witch, who's redeemed. Dead. She, she's not dead. Oh, it's comic books. And, and, okay. and we'd have to explain the fact she's not dead, which would take too long. So she's no dead. one saw her die. She got buried yeah. under a mountain. She use her hex power. Okay. So you have, you, you, right now, you have Captain America and Vision. That's it. Like, so you're going to have to use Captain America, which is now bumped up back in the schedule. To you can throw Hulk back in there. Put Hulk in there. Hulk? Mark Ruffalo's done, isn't he? No, he's not done. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I still say, like, Marvel, if you want to prove that the superhero movies aren't done, make a daggone good Blade movie. I mean, yes, but I think what's more important for them is to make a good Avengers movie. 
because people were excited about the buildup to this team coming together. And then every time they came together after their solo movies afterwards, it was an event. And without having the Avengers assemble, they're missing that excitement. And that's one thing that they really need more than anything else. We don't need a Thunderbolts, uh, Ace mm-hmm. kids going, hey, young Avengers. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, actually, I did enjoy. I did enjoy that part. Uh, like, not, not that I hated or anything. I enjoyed that part of Captain Marvel, and it was very much like, yeah, this is going to be a cool thing, and you guys want to do that for a TV show? That's cool. But I don't think you're gonna if you try and put them on the big screen. Like, hey, these young kids are trying to be the Avengers. Somebody's gonna be like, freak these comic book stuff. Like, I'm done with it. Like. It's like the champions are cool. I mean, I've, I've read the champions comics. Those are cool, but you trying to put them on the screen with the Avengers? It's that's not gonna end, that's not gonna end well for them. <laughs> so that that's my thing. I think if they assemble the Avengers and make that happen, figure out a way to get that team up rolling with the Avengers, Fantastic Four, and the X Men, everything will be back to normal. Everybody will be loving the MCU. I cut you. Over. I cut you off. Who is your Avengers team? Like, how do we, what do we do? Like, do we use Captain America's New World Order as the start to the Avengers? Because we, we've we lost Wonder Man, because well, that shouldn't happen. Like, what do we do? All right. Captain America, Bucky, Vision, War Machine, uh, mm-hmm. who else? I guess Sherry Black Panther, I'm not. You know, you know, I thought some Shuri Black Panther, but we got we got five right there, Scarlet Witch, and then Giant Man and Wasp. That's eight Avengers right there, and I think it doesn't really matter like who all is part of the team. The Avengers, the great thing about them is you just put a team together, put the characters interacting. We've got a squad. It works. So I think they can do that. They can even throw in uh, She Hulk if you don't want Hulk. <laughs> I know, I know. I went too far. Hey, man, with some some movie quality CGI, I should be fine. Brian says she held too. See, what okay, is it? So, I'm trying to think. With that, I need to, I need to, I need to rehab that team. I mean, like, truthfully, that seems like the B team Avengers. What are you talking about? It sounds like the B team Avengers. Oh like, man, no, no. Look, I gotta have. I gotta make them so they. I gotta make them so they're on par. I gotta make this. 94 dream team just as good as the dream team. I got that's the work I have to do with Marvel. That the doesn't sound like the dream team was the age of Ultron, the post age of Ultron, the Civil War team. That was the 94 dream team. We still had two of the founders. We had Cap Black Widow, War Machine, Vision, Scarlet Witch. That was your your 94 dream team. Now it's the will they win gold or will they not medal at all? But <laughs> We've got a Captain America. I mean, Thor's still around. If you want, we can bring him in there. We've got a Black Panther. We put her there. She-Hulk works just as fine as Hulk. If you don't want to bring Mark Ruffalo back for whatever reason. And She-Hulk would work fine in a team setting because she's not going to be talking to us the whole time. And She-Hulk's a great character in the Avengers. We we threw in Hercules at this Love and Thunder. What? Just make him an Avenger. If you don't want to put Thor in there, what he just, hey, here he is. We won't even worry about it. Okay, cool. Also, forgot that, hey, Taika, what TT's not going to be directing Thor 5. Yes. Sorry. That's great news. 
So whenever we get that, if we get it, he won't be directing. So very encouraged about that news. I think there's plenty of Avengers they could work in there. Black Knight's a possibility. You could put Namor in that team. There are enough characters running around the MCU that have been introduced that if Falcon slash Captain America gathers them and assembles them, they can make for a pretty cool team of Avengers. Right. Well, Monica, she comes through the portal. Got the great team of Avengers. Yeah, we we but we need them to create their team and then come up with their bad guy. And it's like, dude, if the Avengers didn't do that in the first film, they randomly came together. Black Widow and Cap were pretty, and, and Banner were the only ones who were assembled in the beginning. Tony Stark is like, whatever. Hawkeye's off, off board. He's he's gone dark. Thor is like, hey, you got Loki, so I'm here too. Mm-hmm. It was just a random impromptu collection of heroes coming together. Well, again, we made our villain of Loki, where we saw Loki like, oh, okay, y'all bringing. Like, and that, I mean, again, remember the, I mean, the excitement of the Avengers trail was like, oh wow, this this point right here. That's like, it was like our, our our team up. We're trying to. Oh, we're getting the King Dynasty. Yeah, I don't know about that point. Listen, it's built in. All you have okay. to do is say Avengers. People will be excited. Now, I think Marvel's a little gun shy about rolling Avengers out too fast because our last Avengers movie made a gazillion dollars. But that is the brand is untainted. You put heroes together in a team, just like in the comic books. Fans, audiences will love it. '80s put together his team. Beast, Binary, Ant-Man, Hank Pym variant, Toby, Spider-Man, Elena, and War Machine. Who's leading your team? Jamelin says you really only need a one or two Phase 1 Avengers, a couple of more recently established people to be members, and then introduce a couple newer characters in solo films. Boom! New team. Exactly. It's not that hard. They just have to do it. Put in a little bit of work and watch the billion dollars come back. You work. We do, like, DC Justice League. Like, you just throw one movie and they're all set to go. Like, come on. Who freaking needs to build up time? Like, come on. Marvel Studios, that's it. All right. Roadshot, it's that special time of the week. Who is your nominee for Dummy of the Week? Well, I'm, I'm going to try and keep it. Uh, my Dummy of the Week are actually right now is the Buffalo Bills. How the hell do y'all lose the Broncos? I'm just like, could you really turn the daggone ball over more times to just lose everything? In the world, like I, I know I'd love to talk about entertainment, but I, I look through everything. But that game still just mystifies me how they, we almost lost that game and actually won it. So that's my dummy of the week. That, that's, dummy, huh? that's all I got right now. It was pretty light dummy on the week. Everybody was pretty cool. Yeah, let's see. Where would I go with my dummy of the week? I feel like there's still plenty of options. Um, I mean, there, there's always ridiculousness going on. But I've got to say, whoever decided we need a Willy Wonka origin story. I watched that trailer before the Marvels, and I'm just like, this is a bad idea. I'm not sure who was clamoring for this movie. I know it wasn't me, but I was just like, no, this is, I mean, the dude just makes candy, and he's kind of weird, but why do we need a whole thing breaking down how Willy Started making candy. Well, the evil chocolate uh, uh, monopoly stopping everybody from making chocolate. Also, did you see the Fall Guy trailer? Hmm. No. Do you remember the Fall Guy TV show? Yeah. 
We have Ryan Gosling, Emily Blunt in this thing. Oh my gosh, I did see that trailer. Yeah, you did. Oh my gosh, I didn't. I like totally missed the fact that I saw that trailer. Like, oh yeah, that's like, oh wow, I thought that was like a comedy thing. Like, oh okay, Ryan, cool. Wow, that was that. <laughs> wow. It was it was not great. I was not a fan whatsoever. Athens represented for Chief, the Giants. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pitiful performance against the Cowboys. It's awful. 80s kid says, My dummy is Mr. Zaslav for trying to get away with acting in the Wiley Coyote movie. Lucky for us, he was forced to uncancel it. He was gonna take that big write-off to do he's gonna pull a back girl and say no more. And I guess there was enough. They're going to try to sell it to somebody else. I mean, at this point, Bill, I'm like, the shareholders like, all right. I mean, it's like, if you were government, it's like, you can't just keep writing off this stuff you don't want. Like, no, nah, you you, you got to earn that one. Like, like, pay, <laughs> like, you take your losses like you should on that one. Like, no. Nah. Yeah, you take that loss because you decided to make that movie. <laughs> you need to stick with it. Gosh, I, mean, I totally, I totally spaced. I mean, I literally saw that Ryan Gosling trail. It did not <laughs> it look nothing like the TV. No, it literally like this guy's a joke. Like, oh, I thought it's like a little random. Like, oh, okay, like yes. he's like a dumb guy. He's a yeah, action hero. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, like all right. I, I mean, I, man, I would yeah. not know you. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the heck are they doing? Colt Seavers, Jamie. <sighs> Yes, from all that. I'm the non-stop man. The Mace Eastwood looks so fine. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I thought, wow, that was Falka. Yeah. So here's the synopsis for this movie. Colt Seavers is a stuntman who left the business a year earlier to focus on both his physical and mental health. He's drafted back into service when the star of a mega-budget studio movie, which is being directed by his ex, goes missing. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, I thought, you know, it was, I, I was thinking I was online with uh, the movie with uh, Chan, Tate, Chan, well, Tate, Chanum Tate and Tate Pooh. I literally thought that was like kind of that movie. Like, oh, okay, they're doing a little journey like that. Okay. L- L- what was it? Loss? I don't remember. But I was like, oh, okay, that'll be fine. I did not know it was Falka. That's that theme show was so awesome. I'm like, what are y'all doing? How do you how do you botch this so bad that I'm like, oh no, I want no parts of that. God, they have like I, a trim trailer, which is worse. This is I don't I I mean I I'm I'm gonna keep property. I don't see why you buy properties to not do their property. I know and I know somebody here was saying like, hey. It's really hard to make comedy movies to get green lights on comedy movies because supposedly they don't make as much money and it's hard to sell them. So you got to do an action comedy, but it's like don't use an established property to try and get your action movie, your comedy. It's like just go into action and try. It didn't look funny, but I mean the, the Fall Guy wasn't a comedy show. It was just a cool TV show. That one looks like a straight comedy farce. Not like like Starsky and Hutch where they're kind of poking fun, but this one looked like they were taking it too serious. I'm like, why do you do this and lose everything that made that joint look so fun? Fall wow. Guys on Amazon right now. I might binge that, but I have to finish Perfect Strangers first. Balky, yes. Oh, man. Your boy says, that's what the Wonder Man premise should be. Movie guy by day and takes out bad guys for hire. Hanging out with Luke Cage. And- that's I-, I mean, that bet worked better than 
you know, trying to get the Tony Stark version over. Oh, man, wow, Jeff, you just man, man <laughs> cold water. Yeah, he's like, that's here's this bag of cold water. Jeez, <laughs> man. All right, so special for all y'all who are watching and follow all the channels, of the website. I've got. There you go. A 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray digital copy of the Equalizer 3, a Best Buy Steelbook Edition. That can be yours. All you have to do is email lousmoviefiles at gmail.com and say, hey, enter me in the giveaway for this copy of the Equalizer 3. And maybe you'll be the lucky winner chosen. You know, got to look out for my guys here on the channel. So with that, we're going to bid you a fond boom, adieu, and good night. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Three Glizer, exactly. <laughs> so I'll be back on tomorrow, as always, for Lyle's Figure Files. But for now, it's time to call this episode to a close. Chase, thank you, as always. Thank you all for hanging out with us in the chat, everybody. Appreciate y'all. See you tomorrow for now, this episode of Lyle's Movie Files. <laughs>